Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfstead, here with Keith Myers. Keith, talk to me, man. I am uh, I've I've been having a struggle the last 20 minutes just to get right and get this show going, and here we are. So now I'm better and I need a, <laughs> I need a quick little sip of a beverage. Yeah. So you, take over for me for a little bit. You need a sip <laughs> of a beverage and and um I think it's time that we uh we sit down together and do our weekly uh talk about Seahawk football because I'm in the mood for spending an hour with a friend and a beverage. So let's do it. Yeah. Excellent. Um, welcome in everybody. It's, uh, it's been a little while since we've had a chance to uh, catch up. And, um, so Keith and I are here back again this week to talk about prospects in the NFL draft. Uh, this week we're continuing on the defensive side of the ball with the linebackers and safeties. Um, been doing a lot of website stuff on the back end, just pulling my hair out on all sorts of uh, different fronts. <laughs> and um, I think we'll, we'll end up uh, making it right. Um, don't go on there right now, though, because it is kind of a little hot mess <laughs> just because I'm playing around with all sorts of different colors and everything else. Um, no, no real news this week on the Seahawks front as far as new contracts, um, players, visits really anything it's just kind of been a real quiet week anything at all on your your end no i mean as far as like off-season stuff the it's been a really quiet week i think that the team appears to be uh hunkered down and you know doing the last second prep for the draft and they're just they're done uh with all the free agency stuff they might come up with something you know right before the draft but mostly they're in a spot right now. They like where they're at and they'll see what happens on draft day. Yeah. The only other thing that I saw um, in the news was that uh, the Seahawks and Broncos both announced that uh, they were opting out of the voluntary off season workouts that usually happen. You know, they have, mm-hmm. they have like the voluntary um, OTAs where I don't even yeah, organized team activities where players come in and they um, work out as a group and they're like, uh, it's COVID, so no. And I am I was surprised when I saw it. Yeah, it worked out last year pretty well after they kind of committed to being in the building and then, you know, they spent the rest of the, you know, five months together pretty much other than just direct family members. Mm-hmm. And... Um, now in, in these sorts of OTAs, they're just coming out from wherever they're at and they're going to land and show up. And I don't know what the protocols are in place. I'm sure it's just like anything else, you know, folks are wearing masks and all that kind of stuff. And it seems to be something that's under control, but I know that a player like Tyler Lockett, for example, is pretty outspoken about being concerned about COVID and, and so forth. Um, you know, and it's players like that, and, and they have every right to be concerned. 
Yeah, so the Seahawks are are, are opting out as a team. Like, um, they're they're just not we're not they're not doing it. Uh, and the reason why I was surprised that it was news was simply because I was under the impression that teams just weren't going to do that. Because we're not talking about like mini camp where they come out and they learn the playbook and they you know get that stuff in. We're talking about the the OTAs, the um, the off season workout program where they come in and they get the coaches get a chance to run them through a bunch of workouts and and make sure that they're in a certain level of shape. And for some of them, it like you know lights a fire under them and goes, "Oh, I'm not where I need to be before training camp." And and they go home and work out harder and, and that kind of stuff. And um, we're just talking about that. And yes. there's just no reason for, um, yeah, there, there's just no reason to have that in, you know, during COVID, during a pandemic. So I was just surprised that like everyone's like, it's news. These two teams have, have decided not to do it. And I'm like, hasn't everybody? Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. I, you know, I'm not, to be completely honest, I haven't been paying attention the last couple of weeks just on internal team scuttlebutt and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I've, you know, obviously keeping up on contracts and whatnot, but, um, yeah, we're, I think we're within what, three weeks of, of the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. It just feels weird this year. Like it's a kind of a disconnect in a, in a sense with only three picks knowing that there's real no opportunity to get up any closer um, than we currently are. And we're likely to drop back even further than where we're at. So it's uh, it's kind of been challenging to, to get into it this year a little bit. Um, how about you? Yeah. Um, the three picks thing is, has definitely um, made it a challenge and you know, you, you want to get in it you want to do your usual work and, and prep for everything, but I'm, yeah, it's just not been the same, and it's hard. I mean, they got three picks, and you're right, and, and the, unless they're going to make a trade of a guy like Bobby Wagner, um, they're just not going to end up with enough draft capital for this to be a, a draft that matters that much. I mean, yeah, they'll they'll make some trades, they'll get some extra a couple extra picks. They won't, they won't come out of the draft with three players. Um, they'll probably come out with five or six, but the first one's probably going to be in the sixties. They might have two in the top or three in the top one fifty. That's it. it right. It's they're They're just, um, and usually you're clamoring for three or four in the top 100. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it'll be an interesting year. I, you know, I'm looking for one guy basically one guy that can come in and be have some sort of an impact role. Um, and we all think it's going to be a lineman, which probably means that it won't, it won't be a lineman. Yeah. And they'll draft, you know, a Sam linebacker. Um, <laughs> it just is what it is. Um, or, or a safety, you know, one of those, one of those two. Yeah. And that's, and that's why we're here today. Talk about linebackers and safeties just in case we'll talk about a couple up in the, in the, you know, 50 to 70 range. And the majority of the guys that we'll be looking at will be in the middle rounds, more or less, I would think. So let's just get into it. I, you know, brought my players in. You've brought yours. I would imagine there's some some likely crossover here on a couple of players that we've identified that are kind of Seahawky. Why don't you go ahead and start? And uh, I don't have any real order to mine, um, although 
I was planning on doing linebackers first and then safety. Yeah, let's do linebackers first. Um, you know, I'll give you one that uh, I actually kind of like, and I, I, I would, I kind of hope he ends up in Seattle, and that would be um, North Carolina linebacker um, Chaz Surrett. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a guy that that uh, got recruited as a quarterback, started as a true freshman, um, looked good as a true freshman, then had some injuries, missed a year when he came back. Um, after, you know, missing a year, it was like wrist injuries and stuff. Um, they had a new coach and the new coach had brought in a, you know, super prospect at quarterback and was basically like, it's his team. And so the, the choice was either a position change or team change. And he chose a position change to the defense because, um, he talked to Mac Brown, his coach, and was like, look, my goal is the NFL. And he goes, well, if you want to play in the NFL, you need to move the linebacker because that's where athletically you fit. Um, I think he's a little undersized, 6'2", 228. Um, he's a weak side linebacker or rush linebacker. But you know what? He's really good in coverage, too. Um, smart, instinctive, runt comes downhill, yeah. um, great in coverage. Uh, I just, he's one of those guys, you know, he's going to be good on special teams. Uh, I just think he's a good fit for Seattle and I kind of just like the story. Yeah. You know, and he's got a, a pretty interesting brother. who's also a, um, a wide receiver mm-hmm. in this uh, draft that, that I think would be a, actually an excellent fit for Seattle. It'd be crazy if we jettisoned two brothers from the team this off season and ended up getting two brothers <laughs> Uh, back in return that, uh, out of the draft, it would be kind of nice. That would be funny. I'd... How big of a, just before we kind of get into the general conversation, how big of a need do we really have at linebacker? And I know what you're going to say, but I want you to kind of think about it in a sense that um, Jordan Brooks is pretty diverse in what he could do. He could play the Will or the Sam, could be a middle linebacker. Seems like we could, you know, he's more of a strong guy and, and, um, to me anyway, I think his skill set. now, I think that he's more in line with like being a middle linebacker. Um, but he, he does have the ability to kind of drop back into coverage and cover tight ends and line up on the outside shoulder of tight ends and, and all that kind of stuff. But he's good, you know, running downhill, moving to the ball, lateral sideline, sideline as well. Um, that I want him, well, I want him off well. the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Um, and that's why he, why the team put him at weak side linebacker and moved KJ in order to, to do so was they want him off the line of scrimmage. They want him um, running to the ball, you know, and not being up engaged with, with a lineman trying to set an edge. Um, they, they think that's his, the better use of his speed and skill set. And I, I agree. Uh, I think that's where he belongs is off the line. That's why I think he's a will um, or a Mike. So a weak side or, or a, um, mm-hmm. or a middle linebacker. I think he's the heir apparent to Bobby Wagner. Um, and in the meantime, he's the weak, the starting weak side linebacker. So to me, that means the team needs a strong side linebacker and it's either. That's true. You know, it's either going to be um, a draft pick or Cody Barton. Cause those are the options. Yeah. So is he, so is this uh, Chaz Surratt viewed more of an inside guy or as a, 
he, as a strong. He's more of a um he's more of a guy that that's actually a potential uh fit at, at on the weak side um long term. Uh this year he could be used as, you know, kind of as a a rush linebacker or um you know, a guy that drops into coverage and and does some certain things and they they just kind of move people around on the line. Um, because you've got three guys that can play multiple positions. And so basically that would be, if you, if they went with Surratt, that, that would be the, the, the route I would look at. Um, but he's not a great fit for their, their need. Their need is being a strong side linebacker that can come up, engage with a, with a tackle or tight end, set an edge, uh, and just, and play, you know, on or near the line of scrimmage. Uh, yeah, he's not a great fit for that, but I just think the talent is there to be an impact player in the future, and the speed and you know coverage mm-hmm. ability you, you can't pass yeah, that right. up. He has the diversity mm-hmm. that, that you really like at that spot. So especially if once they move um, Brooks into middle linebacker, let's say a year from now, if they um, need the you know decide to pick up some draft capital and whatnot and trade Bobby Wagner. Uh, moving Brooks into inside linebacker, a, a guy like Surratt would slide right into that weak side and be a, a great fit. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting to contemplate the different ideas, you know, and then you've got Jamal Adams as well, who brings sort of a strong safety, strong side linebacker skill set to that position as well. Yep. So it get, does give them some opportunities to bring some some pressure and all that kind of stuff. Coverage, uh, especially bigger uh, wide receivers and tight ends. Yeah. A guy that that I wanted to talk about first was a guy that I mentioned last week, and I said, "Well, I'm going to mention him again in the, in the linebacker show," <laughs> and that's Quincy Roach. Mm-hmm. I knew um, that was six going. three two forty three, um, and and since the last show, he did his pro day, and he's got an eighty point three eight inch wingspan, and he ran a four six two forty, um, at two hundred forty three pounds six three, and he's really long. And he's athletic, um, and yeah, he started point, his career at Temple. Four point six isn't isn't particularly fast, but you know what those numbers sound like, KJ, right? Yeah, who's super long, um, super not, long, not athletic. fast, but athletic, um, and and long, and yeah, yeah. And this guy's a te- you know kind of a technician, polished with his hands, the length, speed, um, quickness type of a thing. So he gives you the diversity of being able to to play on the edge uh, and rush the passer. He's got some great pass rush moves, and in fact, he's either an edge guy, you know, with with some teams, or he's a three four linebacker. And when you know when we talk about being a strong side guy or an edge guy, that's kind of the role mm-hmm. that we're talking about. And I just think that he's 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 a good solid run defender. I would put him at the Sam. I would have him as a Sam linebacker in our defense. Agreed. And allow guys like Dunlap and Taylor and those guys to be to be up front. And this guy could be, you know, come off some some blitzes or stunts or whatever and still rush the passer. Um, but he's going to be excellent in coverage for you and, and um, take out the tight end, at, at, you know, at some level. So he's a, he's a three-down guy. I mean, yeah. that's – to, and to me, if you were going to spend what you would need to spend on him, I think that he may be available in like the fourth round, but I think he's going to go earlier than that just based on 
his athleticism and upside, I think that you'd have to get him, you know, before the fourth round. So I think if you drop back, picked up a pick, um, and you would feel more comfortable than expending one on a linebacker, a guy that could play, you know, special teams for you and all that kind of stuff, you'd want to make sure that you tried to get your impact guy first, I think, because, um, you know, this could be a, a year kind of a project kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's right on that level where he's he could play right away, but you're probably going to have to protect him a little bit. Um, so that first pick at 56 to 62 or 65, I think that you'd want to spend that. And you're not supposed to really draft for need and specific spots, but I think this is the year where they just really could use a center. And I think that drafting an offensive line and a corner, I just think that those are priorities. Mm -hmm. And and a guy like this may get pushed out for something like that. Yep. Yeah, the earliest player that I have the Seahawks looking at um, out of all the people on my list here is uh, Cameron um, McGrone, the linebacker from Michigan. Um, More of an inside linebacker, but good, um, you know, just – super instinctive, comes downhill, attacks the line of scrimmage, uh, makes a lot of tackles within uh, within one yard of the line of scrimmage, which is great. I mean, if you, do you have a guy that, that ranks, that, you know, gets a ton of tackles, but they're all six yards downfield, it doesn't matter. Like, those, those, are, those tackles aren't production. Um, and nice. and I, he just looks like a guy that, that I think Pete Carroll, like, I would am a little concerned, you know, with his, uh, coverage skills, um, especially because you're looking at a, at a guy that um, is going to be asked to, to cover tight ends, and his his work in coverage, ha- like he, he needs some work, he needs some coaching, he needs to um, play within himself a little bit more, and 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 um, stop trying to do too much. Um, but yeah, but he's an he's an animal. He is. You know, he's he's a guy that really likes the physicality yes. of, the, of the sport, and that's and hitting why and yep. all that grittiness. And he right? he likes to blitz, um, but he also isn't one of those guys that lives the blitz. He um, he lives to tackle. He wants to go. He wants to go kill running backs, and you kind of like that. And I, I think he's just a guy that, that Pete Carroll's gonna love. Yeah, I like a guy in the same division from Ohio State, the Pete Werner mm-hmm. um, guy, 6'3", 243. He's kind of the same sort of feel where he's very instinctive, very hardworking, lunch pail kind of guy, three-down guy. He's got quick readability, locates the ball, flows to, you know, coverage, um, but likes to hit. You know, it's a guy that just likes to blitz, um, hit people, um, knock some heads in, you know, and you kind of want that. You know, mm-hmm. especially for your young guys on your team, the guys that are just coming in. Those are the guys that are the enforcers, you know, um, guys like uh, Marquise Blair, you know, you get guys like Marquise Blair and Adams and, and a guy like this or something on your team. You're starting to change that mentality around on the defense. It seems like we've been a little soft mm-hmm. for a while. I think last year we got a little better, but um, last year they, they, you know, obviously it looked bad early on in the year, but mm-hmm. in the, the second half of the year, when the defense was was really good, um, yeah, it was a, it was much improved. Th- that defense wasn't soft. I mean, you look at guys like um, Adams and Puna Ford and um, you know uh, Dunlap coming in. These are guys that just wanted to attack and and play fast and physical and just really high energy. And you're like, ah, this is this is the defense that I remember. 
Um, and the, the CX mm-hmm. have needed that. I mean, you know, you had Cam Chancellor who just kind of set that tone and everyone, um, you know, rose to his level and they haven't really had that um, to, until last year. Like there was a gap in there where they just didn't have that physicality on defense that you want. Interesting. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that uh, you think the team is strictly looking for strong side, but you know, it's been proven over and over with John Schneider that he kind of defies logic and mm-hmm. these things once in a while and just drafts a guy because he likes him, love him yeah. or whatever. Would you consider a guy like, um, well, three guys and they probably going maybe too high for, for what they're looking for. But like a Jamin Davis, um, who's almost strictly a well linebacker, Dylan Moses, same thing, but he's got, you know, some Alabama super strong tackle or really. I don't see any either of those middle linebacker kind of a prospect. I don't see those first two being available for Seattle. And I didn't have, um, I didn't have Browning because I thought it would have to be Seattle's first pick, um, in order to get him. And I think that. you think uh, Jamin Davis is going to go before 56? Yeah. That's an interesting rise for him, you know, um, in the offseason. Because I don't think that he was quite at that level heading into, you know, February. And um, But he's since um, ran a 4.49.40 at 6.3.234 and uh, had a 42-inch vertical and a 132-11-foot um, broad jump, uh, which shows tremendous bursts and um, – athletic ability and well drive all that and, and a lot so. of it has to do with the fact that um you know they're looking at a guy you're looking at a guy from kentucky right um how many football players are at kentucky mm-hmm. i mean there's they have they have a team but if you're going to if you're scouting kentucky you're probably scouting uh basketball and so yeah, they have a few players now and again <laughs> I mean, they'll still play teams like Missouri. Oh, of course they will. So I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, um, you know, scouts that are in this and and do it, you know, professionally with a team, I'm sure have been all over a guy like Jamin Davis from the beginning. But those people that, you know, do this as a media person, you're going to start, you know, uh, scouting your Ohio States and Michigans and LSUs and um, Alabamas. And it'll take you a while to get around to Kentucky. And that's probably why he was rated low early and is, is starting to climb because as, as they start to actually watch tape on these guys, um, they get a better feel for just how good he can be. Yeah. Well, and, and the, one of the reasons why I wrote down Dylan Moses as well is because uh, I've noticed his draft stock is falling uh, lately a little bit. Um, but he's one of the most ferocious hitters in, in all of college football, Mm -hmm. you know, and a guy like that, um, when you think about a guy that maybe could come in at some point and replace Bobby Wagner, um, uh, with a a guy that has tremendous upside and a similar speed that Bobby does, similar size, sideline to sideline range. And his hitting power is just at an insane level. You know, when ball carriers meet him, they know that they've met him <laughs> and he's driven them, you know, back into the ground. So why is he dropping? He's, well, I mean, there was some talk early on that he might be a, you know, first round guy and, and um, you know, people started to 
you know, realize that linebackers are not as valued as some of the other positions. And I think guys are just rising up are taking his place, you know, in that top 50 or whatever. So I'm thinking there might be a chance that he's, he's available at, you know, 50 to 60. And so I think any, anybody that is in that boat is a guy that you have to consider. I mean, the Seahawks are in that range. And so you're looking at that bucket of players that's available and a guy like Dylan Moses, while might be slightly redundant now offers enough scheme diversity where he could line up at will or Sam for you, um, depending on what you want to do with Brooks. And eventually he could, he could move over into the, you know, middle linebacker spot. I, you know, at some point, whether it's this year, next year, or the year after, we're going to be having this conversation seriously about replacing Bobby Wagner, I think. Mm -hmm. And the team, like you said, may end up finding a suitor in, you know, in a draft day type trade. I don't know. It's such such an unpredictable off season. And uh, with Schneider, you know, it's just impossible to really know what the desire level is to pick up additional um, draft collateral. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about about trading your. I mean, he's like the heart of that defense. I mean, he is he's the multi-year All-Pro um, guy that just makes that defense tick, and so trading him is not something that you do, because there's a right. there's a because well, I mean, Belichick Belichick does that sort of stuff. You're just like shocked, like wow, they got rid of him a, a year or two ahead of time, and. It, it seems to work. I, mm-hmm. It's just hard. I, now, we've solved solved our uh, salary cap issues for now, um, and and likely will be be okay the rest of the way. But um, you know, he's got a big number. He's it's 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 bigger next year. Twenty million dollars. Twenty million dollars to pay a middle linebacker, Keith. My goodness, I know he's really good, but at some that's point, quarterback money. We're going to see a diminishing return on that investment on the field. Mm -hmm. And I don't know when it's going to come. I know that he's been breaking down a little bit more the last two years. And last year, you know, they had him working inside a lot more and he was getting beat up. And um, just because of the protection, you know, in the middle has just been okay for him, you know. Mm Puna Ford's awesome, but he's typically not taking massive double teams. Um, and Jaron Reed was, wasn't either. They were, you know, offensive lines were more concerned with our, with our outside guys and, and shutting that down and, because they weren't getting anything in the middle, really. And Bobby Wagner was exposed quite a bit. I think that's, you know, it's got to take a toll over a long period of time. He's, he's been one of the league leaders, certainly the team leader in tackles, the last eight or nine years, my goodness, oh, he, he led the he's NFL. Be aching. He he led the NFL in <laughs> tackles. I think it was three years in a row, and then last year he was third. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's brutal, though. I mean, think about. I mean, that's a lot of contact. I, that's a result of contact. Anyway, um, all right. What else do you got, Keith? Um, I'm looking for uh, Jordan Smith from UAB. That's mm, the guy. I almost wrote his name down. Um. He's a guy I like because one, I mean, he's coming from a small school, um, and so you're you're looking at guys that are really hungry that play it because they really love it. But um, as a linebacker, you know, the guy who's six six two fifty five, that's 
size. That's a throwback dude right there. And and that's <laughs> but he's a guy that does it with incredible and quickness. And he's an outside guy? I yeah. He does it with incredible quickness and athleticism. I see him like you you stick him instantly at at the Sam linebacker and you'll leave him there. And if you need him, if you want him to play in the nickel, you bring him up um, and let him rush the quarterback. Um, I, I, he's just super athletic and and long and. UAB, huh? Yeah, that's crazy. They haven't had anybody drafted for. Uh, twenty fifteen was the last time. Twenty fifteen. Yep. Yeah. And so Isn't that crazy. So six six two fifty five. So are you sure he's not like a full time? Uh, edge guy or five tech in Seattle's scheme. Oh, he he would be on. Given that he, he the arm the length at thirty three and a half, and he wouldn't be a five tech. He'd be the Leo on the other side, and that's the thing the is nine. You could play at the seven and nine spot. Yeah, I mean, you could totally do that with him, um, mm-hmm. and, and play him there. What kind of speed does he have? I don't know. His, I don't know the, without the combine. It's really hard to like actually get yeah. those numbers. Um, but his play speed is fast. You watch him. Uh, watch any tape of him, and he he plays he plays faster than the other people on the field, um, and I just think that he's he's a guy that's that big and that strong and plays really fast. Um, yeah, you can you can have him uh, at the strong side linebacker and let him do all the things he needs to do there. You can bring him up and rush the passer um, on obvious passing downs. He's just he's he is. Uh, Bruce Irvin without having to use the 12 or the 15th overall pick for him. Yeah. I was trying to, I was trying to look up uh, his 40 time or any other um, agility type. Good luck. Good luck him. finding it from a UAP player. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. Well, you think he would have had his, um, it looks like he's shown to have four, seven estimated 40 time, which could be anywhere from four five to four eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, at that size, you get a guy that's running four, six, five or four, seven from like a, a Leo spot or whatever. That's still fairly good and significant, you know? Yeah. And, and for a linebacker, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he, um, he, like, um, I don't know. He looks faster than that when you watch the film. Yeah. And at two fifty, I'll have to, I'll have to take a look. What is it just, is he, um, He's in kind of a top 100, you know, on, on several big boards I've seen. Some are, some have him a lot lower than that as well. Mm-hmm. A player like that is really hard to, for a, you know, amateur scout to identify and to get information on um, where do you actually think that he goes in the draft, given the skill set and maybe not the competition. I think rounds three or four, somewhere in, in the middle of the draft. Somebody might get a good value. You never know. With a guy like that. The, the thing is what, what, when I was watching him, he looks like the, the, the Sam version of when I watched Bobby Wagner. And of course I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really scout Bobby Wagner before, before mm-hmm. he was drafted. I didn't, um, I didn't because who, I'm new of him, but that was because who scouts uh, Utah state. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. And uh, so I was really big on Levante David who went one pick later. And has had a tremendous career in in uh, Tampa, but um, smaller school guy. But you know, you go back and after the draft, I went back and watched Bobby Wagner tape just to see what the Seahawks thought of him and why they why they picked him. And you go, oh, right, that's 
that is play speed. It's not, it's not just running a 40 down. Um, it's how, how fast do you play uh, your ability to get off a block and, and then sprint to the sidelines and not let the running back get around the corner. And, um, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that you saw. And uh, Smith feels like the outside linebacker version of that Mm -hmm. small school Mm -hmm. guy, but man, does he just, his talent and the speed and, and everything, it just shows up when you watch him. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, a guy like that in in a later round, the fourth, you know, fourth round pick at one thirty or wherever we're at, that might be something that, that we would do. You just don't know, mm-hmm. you know, um, especially at that in those rounds and later, you know, as a team, you're just looking for complete upside at that point. Yeah. And, uh, not necessarily the position and, um, because almost everything you're drafting for from that point on is, you know, for the future. And a guy like that's going to give you immediate help on special teams if he's if he does get on the field for you and then that's awesome right now we have cody barton you know and i even at, this will be cody cody's third year coming up and i still don't really know what we've got you know i was excited when he first got on the field he showed a little bit of athleticism but then he kind of got swallowed up with some of the bigger players offensive linemen um really didn't have great hand usage or upper body strength to be able to engage and, and throw off um offensive linemen, you know, that were getting in his way. And um, a guy like this, though, wouldn't have that problem, which would, which would be fascinating. And if he's just as fast or faster than Cody Barton, then that would be interesting. All right, so let's, go, let's talk about safeties. Do you have any more uh, linebackers? Um, only, only other one. I mean, I had a couple, but um, just as a, a very late round, uh, let's say they skip the position because they think they're okay or just, they just know they have bigger needs. Um, watch for KJ Britt out of Auburn mm-hmm. um, in like the sixth or seventh round. Um, a guy that is, I mean, he's he's only six foot, 240 pounds, but he just explodes upfield and crushes ball carriers. Um, is that a guy that you would consider more of an inside guy? I. I think I would, the reason why I would consider him a strong side linebacker is because he is good up near the line of scrimmage. He's a guy that you can put on the outside and have him set the edge and not get out physicaled um, by anyone trying to, you know, push him inside. So that way the running back can get around the corner. Um, yeah. What do you think about him being a little undersized? And as far as like, uh, he's six foot and his arms are 30 inches and three quarters. I think that um, he's such a good tackler, and the the motor just doesn't stop. I mean, it's you'll yeah. you, when you're watching watching him play, you're not going to find anyone working harder than him um, out there. And I think that mm-hmm. we're talking about a seventh round pick, right? Um, I so mostly special teams, mostly and special and teams I, early, right. and 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 see what you've got with him. Exactly. Um, but I think that he's a guy that. What we were talking guys earlier like about that end up being like tackling machines. Yes. And we're looking at guys who we're looking for guys that just have that attitude and set that, you know, we need more guys that just set the tone with their effort and their play right. and just how much they Toughness. love, they love hitting people. Um, yes. You can't have enough of those guys in your defense. That's why I like, that's why I like Dylan Moses. Yep. 
you know, I, I think that he's probably gone, you know, unless he just falls, you know, and like, you know, who knows, but, uh, any hoodler, um, safeties. Um, it's an interesting year for safeties. I think it's actually pretty deep. Um, more or less, I think you can get really strong role players all the way through, uh, the draft. There's a couple of guys, you know, up front that, uh, aren't going to be available for the Seahawks guys that start to, uh, be in Seattle's range are, are interesting. Um, how let's, let's talk about the team roster first. The notable is the fact that we don't have, uh, obviously Tedrick Thompson's not been there for a while, but Delano Hill is not, uh, not on the roster anymore. He was, I mean, and, he, he was on the roster, but not really on the roster because yeah, even when he was on the roster, he wasn't available because he'd get out there, he'd play for a game, look like a guy, you're like, all right, we can, mm-hmm. you know, he can develop. He'll better be, than Tedrick Thompson. He'll, hey, he'll be, play him. he'll be good. Yeah, and then he got hurt. Oh, well, right. he's not out there. Um, he managed to stick around for four years, despite the fact that he barely played because he was always hurt. Um, but when he did play, he looked pretty good. I mean, when Tedrick Thompson got hurt, um, a couple of years ago, and um, they brought him in to you know become the starter there. The defense suddenly got much better. Um, and you're like, oh, okay, but then he got hurt, <laughs> and then the last two games were they without both of them, the defense was bad again, and so it was like, what are you gonna do? So, right. I don't think they're they're maybe losing something on paper, but they're not losing that much by having uh, Leno out um off the roster. And that's just really unfortunate. Yeah, interesting. Um, so what do you think about the depth, though, beyond that? So we've got Adams, and Adams is under contract this year, and then he's a free agent. Um, he's got one more. Want to try to get, well, he's got... This is his fifth year, right? Fifth year option this year. Yeah. I, that's why he's playing at the nine point whatever. And then he's got the franchise. But then he's got the friend. He's got the franchise tag. Right. So, and so you, you could enter into a contentious negotiation period with him, even though you don't want it to be, you might be on the same page 95%, but you know, when it comes right down to it, paying somebody like him $18 million a year is going to be, it's going to be, Difficult, and then Diggs is in his last year of his contract at six million dollars unguaranteed, and then behind that, I was just trying to see what we've got. So um, we've got what do we have, Keith? Who's who's the one player that I'm thinking of? Came in for Jamal Adams last year, Brian Neal. Ryan Neal. Mm-hmm. So Ryan Neal started out as a cornerback um, coming up through practice squads and so forth. And, and based on his size and athletic profile, they, they switched him over to safety this year. Was that just out of a necessity and a need or was that something that's long-term in his plans? Oh, he's been both. For the team. He's, he's been, they, he's a guy that they like as a safety because of his athletic profile and that kind of stuff. But he's long, he's tall, he's got some speed and some range. He fits the profile of a Seahawk corner. Like, he's a safety, but mm-hmm. he's, he, for the Seahawks, he could be corner, right? I mean, that's that's Trey Flowers, who was a safety in college, and they converted him. And so they moved him back and forth, and I think they they really just decided, yeah, he needs, he needs to be a safety. We, they need to, like, commit him to one spot and let him develop, and... Uh, you know, he honestly, inter- honestly, he looked good 
he he looked yeah. good there. Um, he looked better in coverage than he did um, coming up and hitting, yeah. hitting somebody. You know, he's not that guy. He's not that physical intimidator kind of strong safety. Yep. But he is really pretty solid in coverage, Which especially is, with uh, line, um, with running backs and tight ends. Mm-hmm. And it's better than Jamal Adams, you know, at least what Jamal showed us last year. It's tough to evaluate Jamal because <clears throat> the coach is asking him and he's basically telling the team what he's going to do. Um, as far as his skill set is concerned, he's better up around the line of scrimmage than dropping back into coverage. And, um, and um, this other guy is... You forget his name already. I know completely the opposite, <laughs> right? He's just completely opposite, better in coverage. Yep. Well, that's why I Ryan think Neal. Ryan, I think Ryan Neal, um, he was the backup strong safety because who else did they have? They don't. And that's what um, I'm trying to get to for right now is Lano Hill is no longer on the roster. You had Ryan Neal. Mm-hmm. He's not really a completely true strong safety. So he's it, a guy it that seems like he's the a guy that would might commit. He's a that. third safety and a guy that would be the, um, the backup free safety. And the backup, which I think would be a mistake. And the backup strong safety is probably going to be Marquise Blair. That's true. So he's going to have him on the roster as a free safety. So I know I, I, you know, they're all hybrid kind of guys. Yep. They all kind of mix and match. I get that. Um, so with Diggs possibly entering the, the final year, his deal, unless he gets extended, which is possible. Um, do they look in the draft seriously at safety this year? It's one of those position groups where you're like, the need isn't quite like there, but I could get it if they picked one. Find a project. Find a project. Find a guy that you look at and you go, okay, they're not, you know, they're not ready to play now. They they can come in, they can be a backup, they can play special teams, but you see the athleticism, you see the fire, and you see the, um, this is someone that we can coach, and they'd be a guy, and then be ready to play. I got a guy. I'll start from the back of my list and, and move forward. Do it. Since you've talked about it. Uh, Jacoby Stevens. Hmm. Um, he's an interesting guy. LSU. LSU. 6'1", 217, 235. Like, this guy's a big guy. So, is he a strong side? Is he is he a strong safety? Yes. Not that size, yeah. Is he a strong side linebacker? Yes. Yes, he is. Maybe. Um, what would I draft him for? I would draft him to be a strong side linebacker, actually. I, I, I kind of meant to talk to about this guy earlier, but, you know, this is a guy that's probably going to go in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. Um, 6'1", 217, 230 um, at his, his low range. He showed up at the senior bowl at 217. He played his weight at, at LSU was 235. He's got a 78 inch wingspan, a 42 inch vertical jump, 130 inch broad, 11 feet. Uh, ran a four, five, ran a four, five, one, I think four, 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 nine, something like that. Um, large, tough safety makes plays in the box, instinctive heads up kind of play. Um, Works hard, fires up the field uh, when he's out there. He's kind of a team leader kind of a guy. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, he's he's densely built, so he could 
end up playing strong side for you. Um, he's big enough, long enough, fast enough, physical enough to, to, to kind of play that Jamal Adams role. And uh, what better thing to have on your team um, to back up Jamal Adams than another Jamal Adams. And that's <laughs> kind of what this guy is. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking maybe, maybe that would be my long shot guy at the, at the back end that could come in and kind of do everything. And the reason that he's lower in the draft is because just a little bit of inconsistency and the fact that he's a tweener, you know, uh, he's just one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows what, what, what he should be. Um, a little big to play, strong side all the time, a little undersized to play, um, you know, strong side linebacker or, or strong safety. He's just kind of right in the middle. And so anyway, that's that's my low-end guy. So my low-end guy is um, Quinterio Cole. I've um, heard of him. That's <laughs> crazy. Uh, out of Alcorn State. Uh, wow. Here's a guy who's 6'3", 190. And he played. Um, sounds like a corner. He kind of sounds like a Seattle corner, actually, at six yeah. three. Um, but here, he fits what Seattle has, you know, had. Um, in that he's a guy that that started out as the the uh, the deep safety in a single high set, you know, in a cover three scheme, and was that center field roamer, and and did that, and then. As you know, that was you know his his freshman year, and then as he progressed through the years, he got closer and closer to the line of scrimmage, um, and and was playing strong safety at the end where he was up hitting people and 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 that kind of stuff. But mostly he was covering tight ends and running backs and doing it really well. And this is a guy that because of of where he played and everything. You're talking, you're talking about a project. You're talking about a guy that mm-hmm. has all the physical like traits you could ever possibly want. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to teach him. You, yeah. you got to teach him where to, where to be, how to, you know, um, a lot of the stuff he's, he is as raw as they get. And, um, wow. but for that's a guy, a kind of a, um, that's a guy that, you know, you may expend a 250th overall pick on in the back end of the seventh round. Mm-hmm to be your priority free agent signing. Yeah. You know, a guy that you don't want to miss on the a guy that, you know, can make your roster, um, and play special teams for you. And you just unpackage them over time and you see what you have. Yeah. Um, and honestly, he reminds me of Ryan Neal, although I think he's a little yeah. faster. Um, he's a little, little better equipped to, to cover the back, um, and, 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 you know, and be the center field guy. But, Wow. Similar player, um, but you know it's going to take. Yeah, him. he's my. Uh, what is he? He's my three hundred and forty ninth ranked player on my big board. Well, yeah, I'm looking at um, at the draft network, and they've got him ranked uh, two fifty four. Interesting. Um, nice. And so, yeah. well, there you go, right in Seattle's pocket. Yeah. Um. And I don't know. He's just the guy that I like. I think he that talent wise, it really fits what Seattle wants. And it's a guy that could be, um, a starter in the future if you can develop him. Um, and at the 250th pick, that's what you're getting. I got a guy. Um, my first guy on my list, actually, he's a local in the Northwest, Javon Holland. Mm. 
Uh, it's probably going to go early unless, you know, there's so many players though, in between the, uh, the 40 to 70 range that I, that are graded similarly to me. Um, and you know, you never know which one of those guys is going to, going to drop down. This guy could, could definitely be it. He's got the ball skills and, and he's very smooth and great hands, um, body control. Um, he's better in coverage than, than tackling, but he's not, not bad. He's just a little thin needs to put on a little bit of weight. Um, but his ball skill coverage, um, is more like a corner, uh, or, or a nickel guy. Um, so it kind of reminds me of Lamadi a little bit, except he's, he's a little bigger. Um, another guy that I would consider as well. And we talked about strong safety, um, ability or somebody coming in to be a strong safety rotation guy is Jamar Johnson out of Indiana, six, two and a quarter, 205 pounds. I think he's a little underrated, um, but he's explosive, you know, in his coverage and, and hitting people is feisty. We talked about the ability to kind of bring an attitude on that defense and kind of infuse that into the team. And we, we need that um, going forward because guys like Bobby Wagner, I mean, they're awesome, awesome leaders and so forth, but they're just not quite as physical beasts as they used to be pretty, pretty smart with the way he, you know, he wants to use his body and, and so forth as, um, as the clock winds down. But, but this guy, a guy like this is, um, you know, he had two picks against Justin Fields in, in one game. Um, and he's had experience starting at free safety, even at that size, um, had 42 tackles, 35 tackles, 3.5 tackles for loss, four interceptions, four pass breakups, all big 10. Um, so that's, you know, that's an interesting guy, but he'd be closer to the top. The other guy I like is, uh, Tanaloa Nufanga. Safety out of USC, 6'1", yep. 215. He was on my list. Um, he's kind of a complete guy, hybrid guy that can play up in the box and, and break down into coverage for you. He's got good bursts, sideline to sideline, kind of a, a thing. Pretty explosive player. Good tackler. Um, yeah. I mean, I got a few more. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the thing is, is you have to look at this and you go, okay, well, well where, where does the team what does the team believe that they're at at safety? Yeah, you know, they've got, exactly. they've got their two starters. They've got their primary backup in, but they're both playing on one year contract. True. I mean, yeah, you've got a little bit more option uh, with Jamal Adams, but nonetheless, but you've also got, uh, you've got Blair and Ryan Neal, right? So you've got, you've got other guys on the roster that look decent. Well, I definitely want to see what we've gotten. And Marquise Blair. Yeah. Um, and you've got Amadi who is skill diverse and can literally, literally play um, free safety slot corner and outside corner. And that is a nice thing to have in your back pocket. Yeah. So they, they've got, they've got five guys on the roster that can and have played safety in the NFL. And that, Mm-hmm. that tells me I'm like, where, what, what are, where are they going to see for value? And yeah, yes. it would be nice to have because the, the two starters are on the last year of their contract, but. Well, the got, Seahawks have always valued that position higher than a lot of teams. Yeah. You know, you take a look at the history of Pete Carroll and stuff. They like their linebackers and they like their safeties, you know, almost more than any other position on the defense. It seems, mm-hmm. um, 
I just, you know, it's, it's interesting though, when you do like behind Adams and Diggs, I think the talent level drops off enough to where you're kind of going, yeah, there could be an opening there. A guy that can come in, especially if they carry, um, let's just say five, four, four corners and, and, you know, five safeties or you know, whatever, how it works because of the diversity of skill sets that cross over in a couple of the guys. Um, it is interesting. I think there might be an opening, especially Nico Thorpe isn't probably going to come back at all. Yeah. Um, and it, they need one guy, I think between the two groups at least. Right. I, I think they, they, they need a corner. They absolutely need a corner. Um, which is why we saved corner for last, uh, in our, yes. our, our, our walk through all the different positions, but they absolutely need a corner. I think they could use two. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. And sometimes I go through mock drafts, Keith, and I kid you not, I pick two corners because there are there are quite a few different guys that I really like. Well, yeah, and especially <laughs> and end up wanting both of them. You end up you end up getting a guy that you go, okay, that's that guy can play on the outside, and then later you're like, this guy's really good as an inside corner. I'm just gonna take him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And, and that's, you end up with that, especially in this draft. So the only other safety that I would throw out there is, um, out of Pittsburgh, uh, Paris Ford, mm-hmm. right? Six foot, 197 can play both positions and just plays with speed. Like the guy can fly. Um, sometimes he has to fly because he takes bad angles. He needs some coaching. Um, but you can't teach, you know, early on when I, when I first started looking at prospects and this is at the back end of January, Paris Ford was, was up higher on a lot of different draft boards. I noticed he's, he's now buried, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, he's buried because when you, when you start looking at the film and not the highlights, the highlights show him flying across the field and making a big play. And you're like, Whoa, like Earl Thomas does that. Right. Um, well, he opted out too. Yeah. Um, but then you start looking at the actual film and you see, oh, here he's coming flying in to make a, a tackle downfield. But the reason he had to was because he took a terrible angle and then had to use his speed to catch up. And when you start seeing those kind of things, those players mm-hmm. drop. Um, yes. And so you're looking at a seventh round pick type of type of guy um, because he doesn't always take, you know, proper angles. And sometimes he just overcommits. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is interesting. You know, you get a guy that has the skill set prerequisites, you know, the speed, the sideline, sideline type stuff, the ball skills, but a guy that's just out of position all the time, you know, you can coach a lot of that, mm-hmm. you know, especially you get a team like Seattle who really does a good job with their uh, defensive backs overall. Um, guy like that, you know, maybe he just needs to be coached up better, get into a, um, you know, scheme specific situation. I don't know what his, exact deal is where he would fit the best but yeah a mm-hmm. guy like that would be would be interesting especially you know either the back end of the of the draft or you you buy a pick in the seventh round or you you know he's a priority guy at the end um yeah you know guys like that the super athletic guys guys with a little bit of size are tremendous special teams guys too mm-hmm. and and that's what you're looking for i think more than anything when you get to that level 
as you're, you're looking for a guy that can stick on the roster, you don't want to carry a bunch of guys that you know for sure are going to be on the practice squad. You're, you're trying to get guys that are going to stick and at least compete for a spot. And um, guys, guys like Paris Ford at six foot, 200 pounds with 32 and a half, 33 inch arms um, and some good burst and some tenacity and all that kind of stuff. They got a good shot, you know, especially even if they're, they're getting drafted at 250 or whatever. Um, it doesn't mean they, they can't make the roster. So is that it? Yeah. That's my, my back of the, uh, the back of the I draft couple, guys. I had a couple more. I got James Wiggins. Uh, kind of a too high free safety, maybe not a single high guy. And then Caden Stearns would be more of a single high guy, but he's got good size at six foot two ten. Um, very smart and instinctive, good feel for the game, good coverage skills, um, aggressive, all that kind of stuff. But he's more of a back end guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my 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 favorite guy, Jacoby Stevens. I like that guy for some reason. I'm drawn to drawn to him so um so that was good so linebackers and safeties are out of the way the last remaining we're not going to do kickers and punters and those guys why um (laughs) centers or not centers but uh, long snappers we don't even mention his name because he does such a good job that's the thing is the the seahawks have in terms of those three uh kicker punter and um long snapper they've got a great talented group yeah exactly um and I know that that Myers wasn't the most popular guy um, because of his paycheck and and whatnot, but he's good. He hit. He he's been solid. He didn't he set a franchise record it's for like most consecutive. Some odd. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's. It's there, and there was a sixty-one yarder in there too. So true. I mean, let's. And then of course you got an All-Pro uh, with Dixon, your punter. And as you said, like we don't even mention the long snapper's name because you only mention a long snapper if they do something stupid. <laughs> and since um, we he got extended last year too, he did, and he named him, and he earns it. Um, one of the things that was interesting when they brought him in was that um, the the punter, not Dixon, the one before him, John Ryan. John, yes. Um, I'm like, I'm look, picturing his face. I remember his <laughs> wife's name. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was saying that when the ball comes from, uh, it comes back hot. Like he gets more velocity on those snaps back to the punter, um, than he was used to. So it gets there. It, it's not just accurate. It gets there in a hurry. Um, and I thought that was interesting. So it's like, you got a guy that, the one thing I thought really good at it was his coverage. He does. You know, he could get down the field. He gets down the field. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. So next week is corners. Mm-hmm. Um, everything from, oh gosh, I mean, you could you could draft one right away if if you fell in love with a guy like Eric Stokes. We've been talking about him I like uh, for a while. Stokes. Tyson Campbell. Um, there's a number of guys that that could you could be enamored with. Paulson Debo, uh, Avery Thomas. Um, Robert Rochelle, Benjamin St. Just, uh, Afide Melifuanu, uh, Shakur Brown, yep, Kerry uh, Vincent. I mean, there's this whole slew of guys, Keith Taylor, um, that are 
are big, Radarius Williams, Marco Wilson. You know, there's probably 20 guys that could you could draft on the Seahawks, and I wouldn't blink an eye. It would be like one of those deals where, yeah, that makes sense. That fits. Yep. Um, so it's it'll be a good list, good conversation next week. Yeah, and it, 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 it's why we saved it for last is because, one, it's like the need on the roster, right? I don't Yes, that's true. I mean, you could yeah. they they need a center, but the truth is, if they have to, they can go into the year with Posick as a starter. And they got Carl, Carl Kyle Fuller as a backup. Yeah. So, yeah. but but where are your corners? Trey Flowers and uh, Akella Witherspoon, and then and Reed. Like yes. those are those are your corners, and you've got you need a corner. In a strange sort of way, I could see the Seahawks going into the the year with that uh, yeah i can too trio. but i don't want them to <laughs> yeah well maybe they they know something or feel better about akello than than we all do i just don't know that we've been all paying attention mm-hmm. um but boy we really liked him coming out of colorado you know during the draft process and uh felt like a kind of a richard sherman type of guy and um he hasn't quite panned out that way but he had a solid season last year um, and it'll be interesting to see if, if that turns into something really solid with Seattle, because he could end up being the starter. I mean, they could go into the season with Reed and, and Witherspoon, and it wouldn't surprise me. Um, on the other hand, it'd be really nice if, um, a guy like Witherspoon or even Reed, you know, Reed, Reed has some scheme diversity to him as well. He can move around a little bit for you. Um, It'd be nice to have another like premier guy. I just don't think we're going to get it at two, whatever, you know, if we were to draft, you know, early, mm-hmm. even if in that fourth round pick at that area where a guy like Benjamin St. Juice might last until, um, you know, the guys, um, you know, somewhat unproven um, overall. I mean, you're going to throw him as in as your starter. I mean, you have to really jump out at you after you got him into camp. Um, and he's got the capability. I mean, mentally, I really like the guy. Um, but a guy like Robert Rochelle, who's ranked right there with him, to me isn't quite as ready. So I would totally take uh, St. Juice over like a Rochelle um, mm-hmm. right now. Well, let's have this conversation next week. Yeah. Okay. Let's do. So <laughs> um, anything else going on, Keith? Uh, no, really not. We're in, we're in that... Um, we're in that place where it's just prep for the draft and the, the draft is coming up. The draft is coming up. Um, you know, that um, draft weekend is the second most popular weekend um, on the calendar for men to get vasectomies. Nice. You know why? Because wow. then they have an excuse to sit on of the couch and watch TV. That's funny. You know what the most, po- the most um, <laughs> popular one is? Uh, Super Bowl? No. No? Uh, rounds one and two, one, two, three, and four, like that opening weekend of, uh, or the first four days of the NCAA tournament. Interesting. So the round of 64, the round of 32. Wow. Um, nice. One of those weird, interesting. Yeah, maybe we should do some advertising then on our website for that. No, it's not. <laughs> Doc- doctors <laughs> specialize in that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know yep all right um find keith on twitter at myers nfl i'm at nwc hawk the show is at 
Hawks Playbook on Twitter, SeahawksPlaybook.com. As all of the shows, and find us on your favorite podcast app. I think literally everyone, and YouTube, of course, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, so until next time, Keith, go, go Hawks. Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL, and the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.